everybody. Hello, hello. Good morning, good morning. We have the best new dog, and it's all because of Isa Bear. Dude, Isa Bear is the greatest. I have dog slobber all over me. I, I know. I know I got dog slobber all over me. Where are you, buddy? Let me meet the bears. Barry, come here, buddy. Isa Bear named him Barry, but uh, I named him Barry White. Come here. Mom, say hi to the guys. Oh, look at this. Look at this face. Look at this face. Oh, you're a good boy. How cute of a dog is that? <gasps> Walter and him are like, it's so cute seeing Walter and him together. He's going to be a big boy. You're going to be a big boy, Barry White. You're going to be a big boy, Barry White. Oh, what's up, Quebec Bear? Quebec Bear gave me like an authentic KGB flask at the show. It was so sick. Him and his brother were down. They were such good guys. Yeah. All right. Let's talk. Oh, he's got some big old paws, just like just like me. I had big paws when I was a kid. Big old paws. Still recovering from this weekend. That's amazing. Barry Manilow. I was going to name him Barry Manilow. I loved, uh, I like Barry. I like the pun. And then when he's bad, we'll say bear. I missed you guys. I'm, I'm glad we're back in business. So, let's see. Oh, Herman. Herman made this. A bunch of the bears were staying at my house, and they had uh, a fire, and Herman just sketched this for me and sent it to me. I thought it was really funny. Which one's this? Oh, that's, I'm going to talk about that in a second. I just want to show you some pics. Oh, transgender boy. I'm gonna, we'll get to that in a second. Get to that in a second. There's Isa Bear. I drove seven hours to get little Barry White. Isa, uh, his name, Jason is his name, obviously. His last name's uh, Iceman, so that's why it was Isa Bear. And uh, his house and his family are so cool. It's just so, it's just all country, and he just has all, a bunch of kids, and, you know, Barry White's mom was still there with, like, his siblings, and they have uh, chickens and a, a trout stream, and he gave me a Coors Light. His wife is super cool. It was just um, very heavenly. Like, Barry White, I don't think he's ever been on a leash. I put him on a leash this morning, and he, he was like, what is this? I'm so used to, I'm so used to um, complete freedom. Oh, like, this is, uh, this was, well, th this doesn't even capture it. But Walter was just beaming. Uh, oh yeah. Walter, do you love Barry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Walter just loves Barry White. <laughs> and that's just pure happiness. That's so cute, buddy. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Isa did a very good thing with that dog because uh, Wally loves giving the dogs big hugs and big kisses and stuff, and our other dogs are kind of small, so they get freaked out. But Barry White, I mean, he's he's a monster. He's going to grow a lot faster than Walter's going to grow. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, 
very white. Oh, there's there's Amy uh, working the merch table. There's an actual bear with a axe. Thought that was so cool. Amy, almost 20 weeks pregnant, looking stunning as usual. Oh, this guy's a bear pig. Which one is this? Oh, I'll show you a little. My buddy who's uh, editing it just sent me that. Okay, here's Wally at the stage growling. That's Peter in the back. Peter's the man. All right, you may not be as interested in that as I am. But, uh, yeah, Peter's got a lighting company. I tagged him in, in uh, Instagram with his company name. But he uh, he's a bear. Came up, brought all those awesome lights. Drove up from the city just to help out. It was insane. Oh, here's a pic. Look at these legends wearing some Crowder, some Crowder gear. And I can't move this pick. I'm an idiot. Oh, somebody made me a, a GIF. I don't know how to make it work on OBS, but it's, it's someone has stolen a bike, and there's someone behind pursuing said man stolen the stolen bike. That's just a shot of, you can kind of see that just how big me and my brother are. Good times. Uh, more good picks. People sent good picks in. Oh, that was uh. All right, let's let's just let's talk. Oh, you guys want to see uh? This is by no means like one like a like a monster joke of the show or anything, but I just figured you guys would like what part this is. And this isn't done at all. So there's no sound done. No, no color done, but I just want to show you what it will look like. Just a little section of it. So yeah, it's uh, it looks sick, but I just want to show you a little of the bike. I thought it was a guest book. All right, your cam person was awesome. Well, we had like four of them. That was all Joe. Dude, Joe's the man. Me and Joe are clicking hard these days. We're gonna make some really cool stuff. All right, let's talk about some uh, some interesting stuff, and I'll play some piano. Oh, there's Herman's picture. I know Herman was asking about it. There you go, Herman. My brother loves Herman. My brother's like, dude, I love Herman. He's so he's so Asian. Super fun. My brother opened for me and just crushed. And uh, I was really hungover. Not not bad, but you know, a bunch of bears came in from like 
Australia and Scotland and all over the world. Why does my hair look so insane? And so that night, and they were all staying at, at my house, and uh, I wasn't even going to go out. I'm like, yeah, just have just have fun, enjoy yourself. And Coddington was like, yeah, you know, everyone's like really happy. They're really glad to be here. And no, but definitely get some sleep. You know, like he wasn't even trying to be a dick, but he's just like, yeah, you know, a lot of people are tired from flying in from like Australia and stuff. But I, I we totally get it. And I'm like, all right, so let's hit the let's uh let's do it. So I went over there, and we just hung out for a bit. And then uh, my brother texted me that he was out, and I was like, all right, let's mobilize forces. So we all went out, and uh, that was one of my opening jokes of the special. I was like, I told that story, and I was like, and then the vodka got busted out. And when I came home, I drank too much vodka, and my wife was trying to get frisky, and she tried to, you know, rub the wean. I couldn't get a boner, and I whispered in her ear, the Russians have influenced my erection. Good opening joke. And so then that night after that show, we, uh, I got all this catering food and stuff for everybody. So the place where we taped a special, we just set up catering and beers and just kept hanging out. And I just met some of the coolest people. And, you know, the, the townspeople all comment on, on how nice and just respectful and just really fun all the, all the people were that came to, to the show. And uh, made me proud. You guys made me proud. Proud to be... An American. Right, let me see what you got. Oh, there's some super chats already. Well, hi, puppy. It's time for Canada to have a, a mentally disabled. To have a mentally disabled PM. Yeah, I mean, Trudeau's getting. Uh, he's just out of his mind. All right. Well, Professor Bear. Hey, Big Bear. I sent a package addressed to Baby Bear. If you don't need some of the stuff, maybe Guck could use it for his little cub on the way. Cheers. Yeah, I will for sure. I'll check that out. You get your package we sent from Hooker Bear. I got a bunch of packages. I'm going to dive in. Uh, thank you, Icon. Samuel Eddy. If Democrats ban semi-automatic rifles, they can come and take them from my cold, dead hands. I know. It's getting really crazy. And I'm getting censored so bad. I'm getting, like, the, the amount of censorship I'm now getting. Like, a bunch of my videos just got, like, um, age-restricted and... It's just, it's laughable what they're trying to do with free speech. It's just, it's just, it's a fucking joke, man. So anytime you can join us or share any of this stuff, it's huge. Because if not, you're, you're, people will get what they, what they deserve, I think, unfortunately. Not deserve. No one deserves what, what I think might be coming down the pipe. But uh, you got to fight for it. It's, it's a really, it's a really crazy crazy time like uh let's look at some of this stuff let's look at some of the news oh yeah so this is how i i broke down how marxism works you know how you hear phrases like the black community or i'll read this in a second i'll just explain it the black community doesn't exist that doesn't mean anything the black community is like saying the shoe community there is no shoe community the black community is like saying the nose community it's there's nothing binding the black community. The only possible thing that could bind the black community is, of course, the welfare state created by the Democrats. That that's it. They see it as a plantation for votes. Not going to get too political right now. Let's just keep it on the up and up. But uh, LGBT, there is no LGBT community. What does a lesbian, a gay guy, a bisexual, and a tranny have in common? Nothing. 
zero. Maybe where they shop for clothes. I don't know, but what makes your wiener get a boner should not influence anything else in your life. If it does, you're brainwashed. Okay, cis, like if someone says they're cisgendered, that doesn't mean anything. Wage gap doesn't mean anything. There is no wage gap. It's been disproven since, oh, I forgot to, I'll, I'll, I'll show you guys something. People don't see enough Thomas Sowell. They don't even know who he is. It's really disheartening. But, because um, here's the thing about all these issues is none of it is new. None. Give me one second. Let me just quickly download this little Thomas Sowell gem. This will blow your mind. If you've never seen this, I, I really think you should see it. And I'm tempted to almost play it before every single thing I ever do, just so everyone knows this one fact. If you could know one thing, it's that this man exists, Thomas Sowell. And he's been saying the truth for just decades, man. Okay, let's find, let's find some of, all right, watch this, hang on. Just trying to find the right spot. Percent of those who want. Okay, watch this. Watch TS go to town. That's the wrong one. Jobs, we're unable to get jobs. I really would like this time to ask both of you to respond to what would you do in that situation? If you would assume for a moment that these are people who do want jobs and are unable to find work. I would, first of all, uh, repeal the minimum wage law because if you go back to, say, 1950, 1948, 50, you find that at that time the unemployment rate among black teenagers was a fraction of what it is today. And there certainly wasn't any less racism then than there is today. Uh, what was different was that at that time, the minimum wage law was a decade old. It was a decade of inflation, and the law hadn't been changed. So for all practical purposes, it didn't exist. Well, don't you think that was also a decade of expansion, in which there were a lot of jobs, whereas today our economy is in a recession, and look, there are not that many jobs If you look at the most prosperous years of the 60s and 70s, you don't find black teenage unemployment as low as it was in the recession year of 1949. Well, I don't know what the job situation was then, but it's only recently that we... I do. I was a black teenager in 1949. Did you it was get a recession job? year, and after a considerable looking, I found a job. But the point is, the kid who was living where I lived then, who's living there now, he has a hell of a lot harder time finding that job because there are so many good people who have tried to do good for him and priced him right out of the market. Well, facing the situation... Healthcare. Let me give you a quotation. All right, that wasn't the clip, but that's uh, that was still everything he does is good. I'm just trying to find the one where he breaks down the wage gap. He did it 30 years before Obama talked about it in a falsely discussed it in a um, in the State of the Union wage gap. I mean, it's it's and this guy is Stanford, uh, University of Chicago, just one debatably the best economist who's ever lived. All right. And it's just crazy. Like, to me, I'm like, oh, we, we finally figured it out. We figured out that the wage gap isn't true. They figured it out almost 40 years ago. It's it's intentional, man. It's like, it, it, it's an intentional uh, redirect. And I'm, 
I, I really am disappointed with anybody that isn't fighting it. Because it's really, really bad to do this. To like make people think something is real that isn't real. Because then they can't make decisions that are good for them and their families. Alright, just watch this. Causes of a, a high reimbursement for one's work and low reimbursement for one's work. Uh, it is... Well, it is, generally, it is generally, for instance, uh, assumed that the white man makes a lot more than the black man. You go on to say this is only in part true. Would you elaborate on that? Yes, that uh, it's true in general. If you then try to find out why is it true, uh, is it true simply because all blacks or a substantial part of blacks, regardless of education, uh, cannot get jobs in their professions? The recent data, and this would not necessarily apply 20 or 30 years ago, uh, the recent data indicate, for example, that black West Indians uh, earn 94% of the income of the average American. Uh, if you take second generation black West Indians, they earn higher incomes than Anglo-Saxons. And so it's very hard to make the argument that the uh, white employer is looking into the genealogy of the black job applicant. Uh, it's very doubtful if he has any interest in it, much less that he's inquiring into it. Uh, it's simply that other people who make that inquiry find these kinds of differences, which you then cannot attribute to the employer because he's probably uh, totally unaware of the whole situation. And by the same, by the same token, the uh, employer is in many instances not equipped to discriminate, say, against a Puerto Rican, even if he wanted to, right? Because there are no visual differences between Well, with Puerto Ricans, there, Mexicans, there, Mexicans, there, 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 there would be with some and with others there would not yeah, be. Yeah, there's yeah. yeah. But, uh, again, it's quite easy to, to tell that black West Indians are black, and yet that doesn't seem to have the income effect that you would expect on the basis of the prevailing theories. Or that Chinese are colored or different from white. Yes, and, yes. And, and, and now there, there you, you go into some subsections. Uh, you, may, you, you, you point out that depending on where you come from in a foreign country also makes a considerable difference because you, you carry your ethos on your back, don't you? Yes, that if you look at the Chinese who came to the United States, let's say, before World War II, uh, a very large percentage of those came from one district in one province in southern China. Uh, they brought with them a whole tradition which has existed in the United States, perhaps more so than it does in China itself today. The people who have come in since World War II have largely not come from that same area. They've come in with a different set of... Uh, experiences and backgrounds and values. Many of them are the poverty-stricken Chinese that you see in the Chinatowns of New York and San Francisco, working the very long hours, getting the very low pay, living in the slums, packed into the rooms, you know, s several people to a room and so on. Again, it would be hard to make the argument that this is simply a matter of the way the American employer sees it. The American employer is probably totally unaware that there are two different kinds of Chinese. It's only the people who work with the data who make those separations and find this drastic difference. But the argument that this must derive from the employer uh, simply won't stand up to the facts. He does the same with um, with with women. Because this uh, this feminist woman was like, yeah, well, uh, single women make seventy. It was literally almost the same exact stat on the dollar. And he goes, no, 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 no. You're saying single women. Look at never married. He said never married women have actually make slightly more than men. Single women implies that they were once married. Single, a lot of times they were once married and they got divorced. 
And so they were 12 years, 15 years, 20 years out of a job market to raise the children. Then they get divorced and they have to start from scratch. And so their male counterparts who had been in the job that much longer would make more. And so, and he's just not messing around. And it's like, he was from Harlem, you know? And he was talking about how Harlem in the 40s had much lower crime that you could go out and buy a newspaper, you knew your neighbors. He despises the welfare state. He's like the black Stefan <laughs> Mahoney almost, where he talks about how the, the government incentivized the black family to dismantle. That blacks were having more children in marriage, in wedlock, than whites were until the welfare state. And now I think it's down to 12%, 18% are, are children from marriage. And the number one factor for determining the success of a, of a newborn baby is whether or not their, their parents are married and stay married through the duration of their childhood. Not race, not gender, none of that. It's all smokescreen. And, and, and people wonder why. Like, why? That's a conspiracy theory. Like, why would someone do that? Trillions of dollars. So in the 60s, they, they, they start this affirmative action uh, this is from the early 80s. What I just showed you is from the early 80s. They had already known it failed. They already knew it failed. The problem with big government and the problem with government in general is you can't stop something once you start it. And people, like, so, like I am against abortion, but I don't want the government to regulate it. And a lot of my conservative friends don't uh, d disagree with me on that. And that's fine. It doesn't cause rifts in the friendship or anything. It's fine. But... It's because I don't think the government will ever give back any power you give them and they'll only pervert it and mess with it. Because look at what they've done to the welfare state. And, and people could be like, yeah, well, kids are dying. Well, kids are going to die in the future by the droves because of the welfare state. Uh, a child born right now is over $100,000 in debt at birth. And if you bring in unfunded liabilities, it's $1.4 in debt right now at birth. Okay, that will lead to a catastrophic death rate if we don't figure something out. Like, you can't survive like that. You can't have, we have to, we have to turn the ship. And so that's why I, I do not want to give the government one more inch of, of uh, power or ability to take money from us. And YouTube's in it. Twitter's in with these guys. That's, that's why the censorship is so insane now. It's because they see people like me as a threat. And they do. My, my website is blocked in government agencies. That's a fact. And it's like, the reason is because it's not about good or evil. The, the way they frame it is like, oh, Owen's a racist. That's why I'm going to do, uh, that's why I did that nigga stole my bike during my special. I'll show, I'll show them. Oh, you, you, you think you can censor me? Because you, you're not. I will never kneel. And when you do that, they get extra. They tighten, they tighten, they tighten because it's a threat to them. Because if you show people that what those government programs, the amount of taxes we give them and what they do with it, not only does it not benefit the poor, it keeps them poor. And it's criminal. And it's going to affect our children. And it's like any anybody with any character or ethics or morality at all has to fight this not with weapons not with storming anything or doing anything crazy but just with talking the only the best way to fight evil is speaking the truth that's it just say it
That's what makes humans different. The one thing that makes humans different from all other animals is we can uh, debate. We can speak abstract concepts. We can, we can argue over space and time with each other. We can form ideas that other animals can't do. And if, and if you limit that, if you let them put you back into the animal state, you're going to die bad. <laughs> you know, may, maybe not you, but you're, someone you love will. Because it, 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 it's not a conspiracy. It happens over and over and over again. It's not if, it's when. You can't have exponential growth of this, of this government. And it's one thing if it was just like, I, I never was against government until I started seeing all these things. It's grown to the point where it isn't going to slow down. It's a, it's a boulder rolling off a cliff and there is no terminal velocity. Terminal velocity is when a uh, it's 9.81 meters per second squared is a, is, a, is a gravity because that uh, accommodates for the acceleration of gravity. But then because of air resistance, there's a certain speed it can't go any faster. Our debts don't have that friction, so it can just go forever. It can just keep going until your children are born into their debt slaves. And I love my kids. I am sure you love your kids. And I think one reason why there's this weird anti-family thing going on, one of the reasons is people are scared of having kids because way deep inside, they know something's going on. But screw that. Life. Got to. That's it. There's only one way to do this. You can't flinch. It's like a big wave. You can't turn or it'll capsize your boat. You got to go right at it. And... uh it's so bizarre how comedians have become the canaries in the coal mines because it is that bizarre job that you just don't, you just don't see it coming. But like if anyone's going to be affected by authoritarian takeovers, one of the first groups is going to be comedians because we rely on free speech and, and a lack of censorship and we have constant connection to real people. So we can't be manipulated. It's like someone could be like, yeah, the rednecks in Texas hate the Mexicans. Really? Well, I was just in Corpus Christi and they were having a blast together. And I even said that on stage and then they all, uh, they all cheered. And then I said that the only difference is the Mexican cowboy hat just looks a little gayer. More cheering. You can't tell me that the rednecks and the Mexicans hate each other because they don't. Illegal Mexicans maybe, but not the uh, Hispanic community in, in Texas. And so when you know that CNN can't really mess with you, I'm like, well, that's weird because I just was with those people. And it's like, yeah, well, maybe you didn't see it. Well, anyway, in Miami, the Cubans, I'm like, oh, I was in Miami two weeks ago. No, Cubans, no, haven't, we're having a blast. Well, the rural farmers with their guns. No, I was just there. Great guys. Great guys. Real safe. Real safe vibe. Got a ride home. Real cool. And then they're like, you're a racist. And I'm like, Keep calling me that. I'm going to start feeling no shame from that word. And that's a pretty scary place to be. Huh? All right. Today turned out to be pretty intense. Uh. Hello, hello. That free bear. All right. Owen opted to have another guy edit it. Oh, Hermit. No, it's, a, it's the director's editing it. It just made way, it was way easier to do that, Hermie. But we'll work together. We'll do some stuff, I promise. 
Sweet Bee says, "What? So what can we do? Speak, speak your truth. Do this. This is this, like what we're doing is what is the only thing you can do. Form your own community. Like we changed some shit last weekend in Saranac Lake. I swear that sounds lofty, and but it's real. You show people that you can get around the garbage. Because okay, want to know the weakness of the state? Same weakness that Blockbuster Video had." When, when somebody says something is too big to fail, it's, it couldn't be more wrong. It's too, it's so big. It has to fail there. Like when something's that big, it can't move quickly. It can't adapt. That's why the internet took the government by storm. That's why CNN has been revealed as a propaganda arm of the government that no one saw that coming. It's because the, um, uh, it's because the internet, it was so much faster than the government could respond. Because the thing about the government, it's almost like a whale with a bunch of barnacles on it. Picture just barnacles building up. And it's... It's kind of like how America beat Britain. You know, Britain was this massive power. And America was just a bunch of, you know, whiskey-drinking, gun-shooting legends. And they beat Britain. Because they could... It was home field advantage. And uh, they could react so much faster. than You know, England's just lining up in rows... With their big cannons. And you got these American patriots just in the trees like, bop, bop, bop. And uh, that's how you do it. Not actually shooting them, obviously. But you just start your own community and you don't adhere to them. And there's stories throughout history of this. Like there was a, there was a group of uh, slaves in Jamaica that were never conquered. They brought over a bunch of slaves in Jamaica. And this one group of, of slaves were so strong that they beat back the British and they started their own community. And the British realized that it would, it would cost more money to try and take them than it was worth it because these the slaves kept winning. And that genetic line is the same line that like Hussein Bolt and all these guys came from. They're these like, ap- they're just these strong, tight-knit crew of Jamaicans that, that were slaves that literally won. And they kept their community for 100 years. It's hilarious. And, and we can do the same thing. You just don't, you don't kneel. You know, you don't sacrifice yourself. You don't go to prison, but you also just don't kneel. You don't say, when someone says, don't say that, just say what? And then they just say it. What do you get? What's going to happen? I just, Voldemort, Voldemort, Voldemort. That's it. Well, that's what I do, but I don't know. All right. So let's look at some more stuff. It's not, the world isn't, it's not. We're not fucked. It's, it's, it's winnable. It just requires effort. I think like, cause Marxism requires laziness and it requires a lack of engagement in your own life. Let's talk about Marxism real quick. So these, so these concepts like cis LGBT community, black community, all nonsense. None of those things mean anything. Uh, toxic masculinity, uh, systemic oppression, systemic oppression is a meaningless word. If you try and get someone to explain that to you, they can't. So I broke down how Marxism works. So you invent a new word or phrase that conveys no actual meaning. So let's say uh, the patriarchy or the wage gap. No, let's just say the patriarchy. The patriarchy. Okay, watch as insecure celebrities and intellectuals repeat the new phrase to appear sophisticated. That's something you see a lot because a lot of people that are famous or rich or have a lot of esteem in academia... One thing that people don't realize that I have 
now realized because I've rubbed elbows with a lot of these people, very insecure. They all feel like they're imposters and at any minute they can be found out because they don't feel they deserve what they have. And they want to constantly look smart and look superior so they can maintain their satanic grip on uh, gold. So they'll just run with anything you tell them. They're some of the most easily manipulated people ever. Uh, the the, the uh, Trotskyites and the Stalinists used to call them useful idiots. Okay, so then these people will then start repeating it like it's real. Like that, um, like who's a perfect example of that? You know, Jimmy Kimmel or any of these people, will just, they'll just repeat it. Then watch the majority of the population accept the existence of the new nonsense word, even though they don't understand it. They do this because they are trained to revere celebrities and intellectuals. Okay, so there's a bit of a Stockholm syndrome that happens with celebrities where people, even my wife, my wife's half Mexican, so at some point in her life, she like had this odd reverence for J-Lo, just because J-Lo was also um, Latina. And it's so weird because it's like the last thing I would expect from Amy is to be like a big J-Lo fan. But she was like, you know, where, where Amy's from, there wasn't a lot of Latin people. So she, even though she was raised by a, a white family because her Mexican dad obviously bailed because, you know, he's a piece of shit. And he went back to Mexico and they got a good white dad, good, strong, white, white man. And so, uh, so she just looked up to J-Lo. She still, I still catch her watching J-Lo movies. And so when, when P and I look up to certain people, like there's people like I, it, it hurt me to see Jimmy Kimmel and Dave Chappelle and a lot of these guys turn because I look up to these people and it's like, when you see them say this stuff, you go, Oh, that must be right because I'm trained to like these people. So then normal people who haven't, who aren't insecure, who just like want to be like their idols or people in college that want to get a good grade. They're almost trying to appeal to these people like, like, like they have Stockholm syndrome. So they start using this word. Then this is what happens. Families start dividing over the new nonsense word. Families and friendships will disintegrate as people now associate their identity with the nonsense word with no meaning. All right. So now you have like the LGBT community or uh, black lives matter is a perfect example, total nonsense. Right? And so, one brother will say, I'm for Black Lives Matter. And the other brother will say, I'm against Black Lives Matter. And now they will start associating who they are with this new nonsense. And so then the people that are against the nonsense, you could make up a word. Um, intellectual tasian, uh, intellectual tasianism. Like you could literally just make up a word. I'm a gender non-weird. Be like, I'm a gender non-weird. Okay, so now that you have like now that you have the nonsense word, now people are splitting up over it and they hate each other over something that doesn't even exist. This isn't even a real issue at this point. Okay. So so all right, now that the population no longer trusts their own intuition, their own logic, their own values, now that they have a fractured community and a divided family, they're unable to oppose your complete takeover of their freedom, their resources, and their lives. Once you get people arguing over cisgender, something that stupid, or whether or not a, a couple Russians taking out Facebook ads over Donald Trump is a government takeover of Russia, like these, these idiotic issues, once people are fighting over that, you don't have any solidarity. That's how you subvert a population. So at this point, whoever is, is doing this, 
<clears throat> the end of this is just says, enjoy your kingdom. You now have the power, but you will soon be murdered by one of your own allies. Um, I, I, I don't know what I said at the end of that. Basically, the point I'm trying to make is, if you gain power based on this bullshit, you don't ever really have power. Stalin's son died in a gulag, being electrocuted, covered in his own shit. You know, people speculate that Stalin was murdered. You know, Stalin murdered Trotsky. He didn't do it himself, but he had people stab him in the back of the head with an ice pick, either in Mexico or Argentina. There's still speculation over that one. So, uh, you know, when you see these people take over based on this divide and conquer method, they never really get anywhere. I, I've, I've said this, I've talked about this concept before, but it's, it's called riding the dragon or riding the tiger. When you ride the tiger, when you ride the dragon, you can never get off. That's the problem with it. That's the problem with the hedonic treadmill. That's the problem with living a life without any uh, code or morality is you can never get off. Because if you're riding a tiger, right, you look like, yeah, and the tiger, and everyone's like, look at the power. If you ever choose to get off the tiger, the tiger sees you and eats you. You are not the tiger. You are mortal. You are a man. You are a woman. You are flesh and blood. You're a mortal human being. If you use the tiger to take power, you're dead already. You just don't know it. Because at some point you'll fall off that tiger and that tiger will eat you as fast. Because if you're part of a process that dehumanizes people, if you're part of a system that doesn't see the individual, they only see the demographic, they only see, why do you think I hate socialism so much? It doesn't matter who you are. What matters is the demographics. If you are, if you are your race, your gender, your sexuality, your income, if that's what you are and not Mark or Gary or Paul or Vanessa, or Caitlin, if, if, if you are your demographic, you're already dead. You might not be killed in this lifetime, but that process will kill you. Because people, it's really hard to kill a person. It's not that hard to kill a demographic. As, as Stalin said, uh, one death is a tragedy. A million deaths is a statistic. That's why that guy haunts me. Because he wasn't even crazy. That's the scariest part about Joseph Stalin. Hitler, crazy. You know, Hitler had just debilitating PTSD from World War I, and he was a, a wacky guy. He probably he had Parkinson's disease, and he was constantly taking meth. So that, to me, doesn't surprise me as much. Like, I know people that are just crazy, and they're capable of doing crazy shit. Stalin, not crazy. He was like a DMV employee, calculated, you know? Self-aware. And that's what comes from that. That comes from the the monstrosity of this middle management bullshit. And look at what it's doing to our culture. Okay, transgender boy wins girl state wrestling title for second time. Second time. You want to know what that is? That's a girl on steroids. Right here. You see this? This this human being. That's a girl, right? So this is the story. Is the story is this girl uh, believes she's a boy, right? So she takes a ton of testosterone. Tries to wrestle in the boys' league. Of course, Texas says no because they should say no. That's a, a biological girl on steroids who believes she's a boy. So what? What? Is, so what's the compromise? She gets to wrestle other girls and beats all of them. Why? Because she's on male testosterone. That's an advantage that is 
It's, imagine having a daughter who works really hard to, to be state championship, to be state champion. Let's, let's elaborate the story even more. That's what the left likes to do about abortion. You know, imagine 12-year-old was raped by their brother and then was put in a tree fort and not allowed to leave. And then, you know, okay, let's, let's just do something a lot more believable. You gotta, there's a girl that wants to be a road scour. And a road scour, you have to be really good at sports, music, and uh, scholastic activities, right? And so they're a wrestler and they think, well, I, I, I'm really good at the piano. I have straight A's. And if I win state champion in wrestling, I can get a Rhodes Scholarship and go to Oxford, England, just like I've, I've worked so hard for. And that girl gets beaten by a girl that's on a illegal amount of steroids. Like if any other girl took that amount of steroids, they're not allowed to compete. But, for, but because of this psychotic society that we're now creating, this postmodernist, just brutal, nihilistic, Marxist society, this girl can now take uh, enough male hormones to kill a donkey and just violently beats your daughter, this girl who wants to be a road scholar. Is that brave? Is that beautiful? Is that tolerant? No, that's insane. And look at this. The funniest part is look at this dude. Look at his face. I think it's so funny. He's just like, someone kill me. See this dude's face? Hey, let, me, let me get it on his face. All right, look at this guy. He's like, dude, someone, just seriously, someone shoot me. He's like, I can't believe this is what my life's become. Look at this, the ref, look at him. I can't believe this is my life. I can't believe that it, her armpit smells so bad. How am I raising this? This is, man, I really hope I have 50 beers when I get home. Dude, I'm just going to punch my dog for no reason. Oh, I, I was watching Hunger Games as I was looking at Twitter, and this this like weirdo, this student activist who keeps popping up everywhere about about guns. He keeps being like, "We have to confiscate all guns." I'm a survivor, and it dawned on me. I'm like, because I I don't think these people are are actors or anything. I don't I don't go down those roads. I don't think that this is some sort of uh, fake false flag situation at all. I think that's a really dangerous and weird thing to say, especially I, I one of my brother's best friend's kids go to this school. Uh, it's just really evil to say shit like that sometimes. But that being said, it's an absolutely false narrative. They, what, what, what you do, this is, this is what it is. I'll, I'll tell you how the, these propaganda agencies work. Let's say there's a hundred kids and they all have different opinions about what happened. They find the one kid willing. That kid, I think he probably, I think he wants to be an actor. I don't know what it is, but they find the one kid willing to do to say what they want him to say, and then they they only give him the spotlight. You know, you can weave you can weave any story you want based on reality. You don't have to have fake stuff. You just you just pick the one part. And so it dawned on me when I was watching him on there. It was just like Peta from Hunger Games when he was on that talk show and he was like, the rebels should just give up and give in. You know, I just, he's just saying whatever he has to. And it was so powerful. Like, that's why I love the Hunger Games because I can't believe the Hunger Games got made because it was so, that's what I mean. A lot of these big 
big government, big corporations can't adapt fast enough for truth. The Hunger Games was so good. It was like those books were like, this is reality. You know, this is a fictional world, but is it? And watching these, these actors act out what they're already a part of is pretty fascinating. Like, look at what else we're creating. Oh, there's, there's my sweet Amy. Where did I put that? It was a picture of, um, I'll just add it right now. And then I'll read the super chats. Sorry about not reading them, but I'll read the super chats and play piano and stuff for you. I just, I was really kind of in the zone for a second there. Oh, and there's a new, I just uploaded a new conversation, conversation with my mom that was awesome. And it's only available at my Patreon, patreon.com slash WDTL for why didn't they laugh? WDTL, patreon.com slash WDTL. One of the things I do for Patreon is put up uh, phone conversations I tape with my mom because, um, you know, I trolls don't pay. And Patreon can be whatever you want. It You can pay whatever you want to, like, help out. And it can be as little as a dollar a month, you know. And that isn't a lot of money. But no, but trolls never pay. And, and I'm glad I did that interview with my mom on YouTube recently because it was just awesome. And, and it made her really happy to see all the, the nice comments. And some of her friends reached out to her very happily. But I don't want to expose my mom to the hordes like I expose myself to. So I think a good balance between being able to get her message out there and just that that the mother-son relationship that we have seems to really inspire people. I didn't realize it would, but it does because it, it just it it shows that families can last. <laughs> so I put those up on Patreon. So if you want to check that out, that's up there. And what else do I got here? Oh, this is something I want to talk about. I tweeted this. When people say, who is this joke targeting? I know I'm not their guy. Jokes aren't weapons. If there is a targeted audience or a targeted victim, it isn't a joke. It's a commodity or it's propaganda. A joke is an echo of truth set to a tempo with the purpose of creating laughter. That's it. There's certain ways of seeing the world where if someone starts talking a certain way, I know we'll, we'll not agree on anything. When they say, who's your target? I'm like, you don't, a, a joke isn't a gun. It's a, it's a blanket. It's a, it's a firecracker. It's, it's not what you think it is. And people that view art as weapons or art as um, a marketing tool are not me. And they won't, and they'll never line up with, any, with what I'm saying. Like that nigga stole my bike. They don't get it. They'll never get it. They, they think that I'm trying to appeal to like racists. They're like, who's your, who's your target on this? Like, are you trying to have racist fans? I'm like, it's just funny. It's just funny. And my new joke, because I don't really take these people seriously anymore. Like this one girl apparently is just flipping out. Who wasn't even at my show in my town because I said, I sang that nigger stole my bike and, uh, and demanded an apology or something. And of course I'm not, but but I respect their family and I don't want to have any problems with these people because I just, out of respect, out of respect, I'm just not going to engage. I would never apologize because I'm friends with somebody's like sister's wife's friend or something. But the thing I would always say, if someone's like, how could you do this song? I'm like, how could you not even ask if I got my bike back? <laughs> it's like, how could you say that word? Do you even care about my bike? No. 
the nigger never brought my bike back. And the only thing you care is how I describe the thief. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Oh, I want to do a sketch. I just tweeted, the Kool-Aid guy's brother owned a construction company. That was their little scam. Every time someone wanted Kool-Aid, they'd also need a new wall. That could be something funny. All right, what do I got here? Well, I'll just tell you about it if I can't find it. Oh, here it is. James Gunn defends Chris Pratt against backlash over prayer tweet. Look at this. This is a story. Do you understand how propaganda works? I, I, this isn't taught in school for a reason. We, we know the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria, the, the names of boats. We know basic trigonometry. We know a sine, cosine, tangent. Shit we'll never use, but we don't know how to read words properly. James Gunn defends Chris Pratt against backlash over prayer tweet. That pre-assumes that this is a valid thing to say. You understand? If you make a controversy over... All, all Chris Pratt tweeted was that he sees the value of prayer. He's a Christian, right? And Hollywood is so furious that they let a Christian become a movie star. They, they're atheists to the core. And, uh, and this debate is to move the Overton window that much farther towards atheism. The debate, that's like going up to a girl and being like, man, so what do you think? Do we have sex with or without a condom? You understand? Just as soon as she engages in that debate, she's already agreed to sex. The debate is actually, do you have sex with me or not? Not, are we going to use a condom? This, this pre-assumes that there's something wrong with prayer. For me personally, prayer and meditation are great boons to my life and help me navigate my way through the world and I don't want to dissuade. Yeah, and people freaked out. People are like calling him all these crazy names. And, uh, you know, he went through a divorce and that's really hard on Chris. I know Chris. I know Chris pretty well. He's a really good dude. And dudes like that have a really hard time with divorce. He's like a, a, a family guy. You know, he's like a good, normal man. He's a hunter. He's like lived in a van. He's from the, uh, the Pacific Northwest. He's me, like, when I was in the movie House Bunny and Anna Ferris was in that, we would always have these like parties we went to or like uh, screenings of the movie or any of that stuff. And it would always be me and Pratt hanging because we were like normal dudes in this fucked up world. And we would just be like, we just gravitated towards each other and we would just hang and talk and drink. And then we would always like, tweet each other and like, we don't now he's like so in the stratosphere but not in a bad way i'm sure he's still awesome but like uh he's so normal he's like a bear like we were gonna shoot a sketch called hipster hunting where me and him were on the top of um we're like working on the script and shit and now i can't imagine if we had actually made that that would be like used as like blackmail against him or some shit but we were like we, we would be uh we were going to be like at the top of Runyon Canyon with like guns, just hunting hipsters. <laughs> that was hilarious. Because he hated them. He hated how, how indoor cats. He's an actual man, you know? And I think like Hollywood is so hard on marriages. So hard. It's just like, it's almost impossible. 
I just don't even know how people stay married. They're just like, they never see each other. It's like when you're shooting a movie, those Gardens of the Galaxy movies, he's gone like a, like a year. And then you got your wife has, has got her job, so she can't see you. It's just nutty. And the emotional toll it takes on you to like have those giant ups and downs. And that never stops. You know, becoming close to really famous, really powerful people showed me that there is no end to this shit. You know, I'd go in on an audition. I'd, I'd, they'd like me. I'd go in on another. Then they'd send me to the producers. And then they'd send me to the network and be down to me and one other guy. And I wouldn't get it. And I'd work so I'd probably put 100 hours into this audition and with zero return. That would happen over and over again. It happens to everybody. But I thought that that was just at my level. And then you hang out with these dudes, it's identical. It's just the stakes are way higher. It just crushes them even harder. When it's like, you know, for them it would be more with Martin Scorsese and you're gonna, this movie that they're gonna star in is backed by some Saudi guy who ended up in, you know, decapitated. Now there's no movie. It's just nuts. And, and it never ends as and you, you try and balance that with marriage and it's just difficult. All right, let me read some of these, uh, some of these super chats, super chats. Oh, I got retweeted by some big conservative guy yesterday. I can't remember who it was, man. Some of my tweets lately have been going huge, like huge, huge, but the one I did about how a lot of these shooters don't didn't have dads. It's at like thirty thousand retweets or some shit. It's just been like insane. One I did that got retweeted by some big conservative guy was uh, I said the gun control debate isn't about guns. It's about free will. It's about free will versus determinism. It's about when you see a shooter, do you blame the shooter? Or do you blame the the environment and the genetics? The left is very very racist. I don't know if you guys have really put that together yet. That's one reason why I'm so free is because being called a racist by racists doesn't affect you. That's like if I called someone an ogre. I'm an ogre, 6'7", 260 pounds, kind of awkward. If I call you an ogre, you shouldn't take too too much offense. If If I make fun of someone's temper or temperament, if I'm like, hey, man, you got to settle down, they'd look at me like, okay, big bear. You know, that's like if I'm called racist by a, oh, by the way, shout out to Trucker Bear. That dude's awesome. Like, shout out to Overton Windex. Shout out to all these dudes. It just, oh man, so many good people I met this weekend. Armenia Bear, Harry Bear, awesome. Gave me two DVDs I got to watch. We talked about Armenia a ton. Just the conversations were epic. Dude, Australia was representing. Scotland was representing. Coddington came up from Florida. I got to send Coddington the mics. I also got to send, oh, shout out to Bob. Bayonet Bob and his awesome son. Like when we were leaving the venue, there was tons of people there, man. It was packed. And Bayonet Bob was always like chilling, making sure me and Amy had like protection. It was so cute. I don't mean cute in like a, you know what I mean. It was just like, it was affectionate. I don't know what I was just talking about. I have no fucking clue what I was talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... The reason that you only, you never see, you know, the gun debate about inner city Chicago. By the way, there's been more people shot in in Chicago since the shooting in Florida. No one cares. Why? Because the left and the media don't think the blacks know any better. 
That's the truth. I've had, I'm not going to out anybody. I'm not, I'm not going to, it's just not my personality, but I've, I've talked to some people, some leftists, the people know, <laughs> and we've been having debates. And at first it's a fine debate. And then I'm talking about, um, how I'm against Planned Parenthood. I, I think it should be, it shouldn't be funded. And that that's one of the big resentments in the abortion debate is that a lot of people are really, really angry that they're forced to pay for something they consider a murder. And my buddy, who's a lefty, without knowing how he sounded, just goes, yeah, but the blacks in the inner cities, man, they, they don't know any better. They'll, they won't, they'll just start breeding like rabbits. I'm like, what? It's like, you don't think that they could be, really? And I was like, oh, my God, you people do view black people as, as, as like animals. And that's why they just are like, like when black people are just constantly shooting each other in cities with handguns. And uh, you never hear that debate because in their mind, they're just like, oh, yeah, the blacks. And when you're an individualist, when you're more of a conservative or a libertarian, you don't see people as demographics. Only in immigration do you which is understandable, by the way. I defend people that do that. Like when someone's like, I don't want a bunch of um, adult male Syrians coming into our country that we don't know anything about. That's valid as shit. You don't want a bunch of illegal Mexicans coming into our country when there's already, what? There's more illegal Mexicans in LA than legal citizens. I've lived there, guys. It's a fact. So stuff like that, I find the Mexicans much, 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 much less... Uh, problematic than than a lot of the uh, like Syrian refugees because you you know the cultures won't mix and you know that they haven't been they don't want to even be here they're just looking for a life raft and then they're gonna like want to cut off chicks clits and shit that to me makes sense but in America we're talking about Americans like black inner city dudes are, are many generations in they're not coming from a different culture. In fact, a lot of them have the, a similar culture of the Southern white culture. That's, that's Thomas Sowell, black, redneck, white liberal. It's very interesting. They're doing this because of the way Democrats run the cities and that they're not allowed to have any purpose in their life. They're generations in without jobs, living on the government's money. And since the sixties, um, since the sixties, blacks have been encouraged to have single moms because the government will give them more money if they're not married. And it's devastating to the black community, the black community. It's a non-existent thing, but you know what I'm saying? And, uh, because the blacks were making huge progress from the forties to the sixties and they were right after slavery. Like, like it was illegal for, uh, slaves to learn how to read. And within like 10 years after the emancipation proclamation, 50% of blacks could read because most of them were Christian. They had very stable homes. And despite uh, the outside pressures from, you know, actual racism and shit like that, and laws telling them that they couldn't read, they still learn how to read because of the Bible and their parents. And now that's all gone. Like their dads are now in jail and their moms have five dads for five kids. And so what do they do? They have no father figure. They have no uh, home life. They have no discipline. They have no... Christianity is so good for people. It's like reading a book of morals. 
You know, going that that's this big explosion I'm seeing in the trucking community. Is because a lot of like people that have jobs or security guards or people that work in factories, they can listen to podcasts now. They can listen to this. They can listen to uh, to books, and a lot of them have very very good brains and they're just not exposed. They didn't have um, the education that other people did, but they had the moral background of the Bible. So now that they can listen to, you know, Jordan Peterson and, and uh, Stephen Crowder and Mel- uh, Malcolm Gladwell and, you know, all these, uh, they can read Sapiens. They can listen to all this shit. Now there's, they're starting to become some of the most interesting people on the planet because a trucker just sits there for like 14 hours. So what are you going to do? You're going to absorb knowledge now. And now you're seeing these, these college kids are graduating stupider than they went in. You know, it, it was so, it's so crazy. Like now you send like some of the brightest kids from the best families into like Yale and they leave being like, I have blue hair because you're white. It's like, what? All right, let's keep going. Uh, Kevin says catering at the show is epic, but thanks so much. Oh dude, thanks for coming. I was like, I, I kept asking my brother. I'm like, was it a good show? Did everyone have, have I, I was asking Amy too. I'm like, were people smiling? Was everyone having fun? And they were like, yeah, everyone had a great time. And they're like, why are you being like more insecure than tip than normal? I'm like, because of what they, I'm like, the bears all came <laughs> and it's not insecurity. It was almost like, I really hope I delivered to them what they gave to me. It's the first show I've ever done in my entire career where I got a standing ovation going on stage. I've gotten a lot of standing ovations at the end. I've never had standing ovations going on. And I almost started crying. And you know how I feel about soy boys. You know how I feel about soy. Someone just said there's a reason God, uh, God's called the father. Yeah, God is the father to the father. And there was this reverend on Malanu recently that was talking about that, about, you know, God to the father, to the wife, to the child. I talked about that in another stream. I thought that was fascinating because a lot of fathers have nowhere to look to. You know, where's our structure? Where's our father? And you look at the Bible, you look at God, you look at Jesus. No offense to Lev. You don't need to look at Jesus. I get it. You have a whole thing going on. But, um... It's almost like structure for the structure for the structure for the structure. And it's like a way of not dying and not, not allowing your society to go to shit. Because a lot of times, like, things don't fall apart immediately. These are slow processes. Okay, here's a concept that will blow your mind. Everything is in motion. Glass is a liquid. You ever think about that? Glass. It's a liquid. If you look at a glass window from, like, the 1400s or 1500s, it's really thick at the bottom because it's, it's going like this. You know, the mountains are moving. You know, the plates are moving. Everything's in motion. It's just we're not on the right timeline to see it. Everything's moving. You know, we see the, the birth and the life and the death of a fruit fly, and we think, oh, it's so fat. It, no, that's long to them. Everything's, uh, everything's in a different scale. And so when you see the, the, the fall of a nation, it's not immediate. It's, it's slow. And, and the, the one good thing, because we're, we're in free fall right now. The one good thing, though, is you can, when, when something's slow, you have time to fix it. Like when you're, if you're riding a boat, if you have one of these little, I used to take uh, sailing lessons on Lake Ontario, where I'm from. We had these little things called starfish or sunfish, little sunfish. 
like one mast, and you learn how to do all the knots and cruise around. If you go like this, your whole boat just goes, you go like that. If you're on a cruise liner, it takes you miles to turn. Miles. And that's kind of like uh, nations. That's why I'm so anti-socialist, especially in America. Especially in America. Because if you have 350 million people, very diverse, the speed at which you can accommodate change is so goddamn slow, you will accomplish nothing. And all it will do is create a mess. There, uh, this one economist has a great quote. Uh, who was it? Murray Rothbard, maybe? He said, if the government ran the Sahara Desert, they'd have a shortage of sand. <laughs> there we go. Bulky Bear. For the Brooklyn show, is there an alcohol available during it? We, we will. The bears meet up afterwards to drink. Really looking forward to it. Uh, we're for sure drinking after. But uh, I'll look into that. I'm pretty sure there is. I'm about to start diving real deep into that. I'm also going to, I'm working on a cartoon with Seamus and me and Brick are going to start working on stuff. And, um, that dude who made the, the bike gif is going to, uh, animate that, that whole joke, which is going to be epic. There's a lot in the works. Now that my special's over, I don't know if you guys can see, but I was working hard at this thing, guys. Like I have, uh, you guys see that? Like I would do, I would put each joke, I would put, whoa, I would put each joke in, um, in different pages all over the place. And I would go through each one and just work them and work them and work them. I was doing this hours and hours a day. And that's one reason why if you guys brought anything up, I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm deep in the woods, but I'm really proud of the show that I ended up doing. I, I did two hours and I'm only going to have a one hour special. So I can make it really tight. But the whole thing, I mean, my brother came on stage at the end and it was, it was just pretty magical. All right, what do we got here? Forgot to type my message before. I need to get verified. Can I ironically be Bear Shapiro? Yes, Bear Shapiro is a killer name. Okie Bear. Big Bear, I kicked Pat and Oswald's beehive today or yesterday on Twitter and searched for some honey. <laughs> was not disappointed. He shared one of my tweets it snowballed into a good time. Check it out if you can. I'd love to, Okie Bear. Will you tweet it to me right now? That way I can find it. I love kicking the little hive. I was kicking the hive yesterday with uh, this lawyer in England. So Brett Weinstein retweeted one of my tweets. And Brett is like in that intellectual academic world. You know, I'm more of like a word mercenary. So he gets shit for liking me a lot, you know. And, uh... And he retweeted, I said, I don't want power, I want influence. I don't want your neck, I want your ear. And that's true. I don't want power. I don't want to be able to force anyone to do anything. It's not in, it's just isn't even in my nature to want that, to be like, you, I want people to listen to me because I believe I can, I can get, I can influence them. And if, they, and if I can't, that's fine. You know, at least I, I tried. All, all I want is to be able to be heard. I don't need power. I want the I want I want the influence I have to be by choice. And so this guy started arguing with me about like influence and power are the same thing. And he and he did two definitions. And I'm like, well, you see, power there at the end it says, uh, or no, coercion. I said something about coercion that that power can have coercion and influence. There is no coercion. Influence doesn't imply coercion. And uh, and we're going back and forth with uh, screenshots of definitions. And I'm right about this. 
I, it's just, it's a fact I was using the words, right. And, and he was like, look, there's no difference. I was like, this one says four by four, um, with use of threats. I'm like, if you don't see that is different, you deaf rape. And he goes, uh, and he's like, yeah, that I can, by the way, I'm a lawyer and what you just did is blah, blah, blah. He's like threatening me. And so I just started retweeting him and being like, in, uh, I'm a lawyer. And then I said in Bane vase, in Bane voice, do you think this gives you power or control, you know, whatever. And we just keep going back and forth. And I'm like, bro, sue me, please sue me. All you can get from me is money. I will get, I will get the, the narrative from you. I will show people that they don't have free speech. And that will be, I'm like, please, please make the big bear louder. Feed the bear. Give the bear some honey. Come on. And he just kept going. And he's getting destroyed at this point. Because I hashtag the unbearables and, all, and I got my legends coming in. And one of the bears is like, uh, legal bear is like, I'll rep Owen pro bono. And I'm like, see, bud? And that turns out the guy's from the UK. And then I start tweeting about how I'm so glad to be American and how I, I'm just so glad I'll never have to be from the UK. It was hilarious. And then he DMs me some shit about how he's, it's all good. I didn't even respond to him. I'm like, no, bitch. You don't get to, you don't apologize in the DM and attack in the, in the non-DM, you fuck. And no, I'm not going to be cowed by you. I think that's that's one reason why I like to get in fights on Twitter and and dudes like Rogan sometimes he's even brought me up on his and I love Rogan Rogan's literally one of my heroes and just an unbelievable human being and very good for the world extremely good for the world but like sometimes on his show he's even brought me up by name being like yeah Owen he tweets too much all the shit he's done it probably he's probably brought it up like five times and then I was just listening to him with uh Douglas Murray, great, great interview. And he was talking about how he'll like go on Twitter and see people just engaging in fights. And they were talking about how it's like cortisol and maybe they're addicted to the, it's not, it's sport. It's like watching MMA. I don't, I don't see how he doesn't get that. It's all good though. I love him, but I just don't see how he doesn't get that. Like it's gladiator games. And what I'm giving to people is a lot of these people get to bully people, these lawyers, and it's hard to get me suspended. I tried. I literally tweeted like, hey, Twitter, you faggot, cunt, fucks, try and suspend me. Fuck you. You know, I'm just, and it, I didn't get suspended. I got like over a thousand retweets, nothing. And I've been suspended. I figured it out. I think the algorithm has to do with how many followers you have versus how many complaints. So I think I, I now have a big enough buffer where it's a little harder to get me kicked. Because some of the bears, people fall all the time. Westside Bear right now is in the gulag. You know, you guys are like, say nothing and get suspended. So what what I'm giving people is it's almost like the mob guys come around and take everyone's money and I just punch them in the face and it makes people happy. And it's not an addiction to cortisol. It's not an addiction to conflict. It's literally sport. It's saying, I know what you guys do and you guys hurt a lot of people. So I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> And then when they delete their tweet, everyone cheers. Like, I'll, like uh, people will talk shit. I'll, I'll quote tweet it, I'll fuck them up, and then you see tweet deleted. And people are like, yeah, Big Bear, yeah, Big Bear. I'm like, yeah, there you go. And it's not ego. It's not conflict uh, juice. It's just kicking the hive, getting a little of that honey, and letting people feel what it feels like to have the catharsis of, of showing a bully what, the, what they really look like. Because when these people say it too, when you see like the Chelsea Handlers and the Pat Nozzles of the world being like, if you own a gun and you believe in God, you're a fucking retard or whatever they say, and you can't say anything back because your, your voice doesn't 
isn't even heard. That's what I mean about influence. Some of you guys will tweet these people and it's just so far down that no one sees it. And if no one likes it, it doesn't climb the ranks at all. And if you say anything with the language that they say to us, you get kicked out. And so then enter Big Bear, who almost accidentally got clout. Some dude on Twitter recently showed me my clout score. I don't even know what that was. It's like in the high 80s. Apparently it's higher than like a lot of huge people because I think my my followers like you guys are so engaged that my signal spreads you know it uh, I only have a hundred and what twelve hundred thirteen thousand followers versus the millions that some of these people have but I'll get more retweets you know like Chelsea Handler or like Amy Schumer will tweet something and I'll have like 300 retweets it's almost like these millions of people don't give a shit and then I'll have a hundred thousand followers and I'll get two thousand retweets and then it, it boosts your signal strength. And, um, and that's one reason why I do it. Because I, somebody recently called me like, a, like a, their congressman. Where it's like our government doesn't represent people. You know? I do. I never want to be in government. That's the last thing I'd ever want to be. It's a criminal organization. But, but um, I hear what, what people say and then I do it. Because I can be heard. Like I'll tweet at these people and they'll fucking write back. These people will start fights with me. And I represent what I represent the silent uh, majority or like what what most people feel is not what Anderson Cooper is pushing and not what that fat little fucker on Conan. What's Andy, 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 whatever. He's been running his fat little mouth. If you're a white Christian conservative male, you're a third class citizen. I know. And, it, and this is the worst part. You don't even get to oh, Richter. Yeah, you don't even get to be. For people to acknowledge that. You know, like midgets are like third class citizens. Like a midget, like everyone knows it. Everyone knows a midget has a tough life. Or people McNuggets, sorry. Like they can't go on roller coasters and like they don't, you know, like chicks don't want to bang them as much and they just, you know, it's, it's tough to buy their little pants and shit like that. But like, like white Christian male conservatives, heterosexuals right now in 2018 in America, they're treated like, they're, like people say, they act like we're these kings, but we're really treated like midgets. And uh, at least the midgets, people know that they're midgets. It's like, nowadays, if you're not just some blue haired fucking communist, people are just like, yeah, no, know your role. Like stay in your lane, bro. Like you're not allowed to comment on this. And then you have all these people commenting on guns when they don't even know what a gun is. They don't know. I am not that knowledgeable about guns. I am kind of like compared to Hollywood. I'm fucking John Wayne, but compared to you guys, I don't know shit, you know? And it's like, but even compared to me, it's like when you hear them say silencer or they don't know what assault rifle means, they think it's a fucking automatic weapon. They don't know what semi-automatic means. They don't know all the restrictions that already are. In, in, in a lot of these states, like in New York state, you can't even have like your AR-15 AR magazine can't have more than 10 rounds in it right now. It's crazy. I got buddies though with 30, 30 round mags because they fought in Iraq and let's just say uh, they kept them. Whatever. All right. Next up, Tessie Bear. Hey, Owen, I would love if you could analyze the lyrics to a Charlie Daniels Simple Man. Well, I know. Well, there's a. Uh, Skinner Simple Man. I don't know. I'll look up Charlie Downs. Simple Man. 
Oh yeah. Well, now that you guys, uh, now that there's over a thousand people hanging, I want to show you uh, just a little tiny clip from the show. And again, this is not the finished product at all. But I want to show you how nice the stage looks. And uh, and for those of you that donated to the special, you will be listed as a producer. And we couldn't have done it without you because this shit isn't, you know, it costs money. But uh, I, want to, I just want to show you one thing. Oh, big old Thomas Solis, big old Afro. And he's so black too. Thomas Solis is so culturally and physically black that the left doesn't know what to do with him. It's hilarious. All right, so check this out. Again, this isn't finished at all. My buddy Joe just just uh, texted me this as he was editing. Awesome. Amy thinks it's going to be my best special, and she's been at the taping of, of all of them. Uh, and that wasn't even like a, like a hard kill. I just want to show you the hard R. Coddington wants me to name the special the hard R. I, was, I like the, the Mocking Bear. I like Owen Bergerman. I like well, the Unbearables. I, the Unbearables is a great one. But I, it doesn't have comedy in it, really. It's not, it doesn't sound funny, but it's pretty unbearable. This is a, one thing you gotta remember: is when for Google searching and stuff, it should be a little different, because if it's just called like uh, "Bear with Me" or something like that, it'll it'll just it'll be deep in the search history because there's so many of that. But "mocking bear" is a word that's never been said. Like that's why I like the mocking bear, and you could do so many cool images with it. Lace Bearables, that's a good idea. The Unbearable is a cult movie. Yes. Unbearably funny. That's a good one to love, but I feel like that would, would that would get, it, it's not a unique word. Mockingbear is cool, yeah, because it already has, like people know what that is. The Mockingbear, it's poking back at the, at the capital. Kick the Hive is a good one. Not a cult. <laughs> Damn, Owen's getting all marketing all of a sudden. I'm impressed. Well, it's because I get emails and shit from you guys. Because I suck at this shit so bad that people are like, they tell me about this. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, Bare Naked. That was, uh, what's his name already has that? Uh, Jim Jeffries. All right, anyway, let's keep going. All right, Charlie Daniels Band. Let's see the lyrics. I ain't nothing but a simple man. They call me a redneck. I reckon that I am. But there's nothing going on. Uh, that make me mad down to the core. I have to work like a dog to make ends meet. There's a crooked politicians and crime in the street. And I matter in hell. And I ain't going to take it no more. We tell our kids to just say no. Then some panty waste judge lets a, dealer, a drug dealer go. 
slaps him on the wrist, then he turns him back on out on the town. Now, if I had my way with these people selling dope, I'd take a big tall tree and a short piece of rope. I'd hang him up high and I'd let him swing till the sun goes down. Well, you know what's what's wrong with the world today? People done gone and give their Bibles away. They're living by the law of the jungle, not the law of the land. The good book says, it's so I know it's the truth. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You better watch where you go and remember where you've been. That's the way I see it. I'm a simple man. I don't, Dude, I love this shit. It's hilarious. It's like funny and kind of profound. Like the rope thing, I feel, is, is a laugh line. I'd hang him by a rope. <laughs> now, I'm the kind of man that not harm a mouse, but if I get someone breaking into my house, I got 12-gauge shotgun waiting on the other side. So don't go pushing me against my will. I don't want to have to fight you, but I damn sure will. So if you don't want trouble, then you uh, better just pass me on by. As far as I'm concerned, there ain't no excuse for the raping and the killing and the child abuse. And I've got a way to put an end to all that mess. Just take them rascals out in the swamp, put them on their knees and tie them to a stump. Let the rattlers and the bugs and the alligators do the rest. You know what's wrong with the world today? People done gone give their Bibles away. They're living by the law of the jungle, not the law of the land. The good book says it, so I know it's the truth. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You better watch where you go and remember where you've been. That's the way I see it. I'm a simple man. That's awesome. I love that shit. I was trying to work on a joke once about the uh, the Gandhi quote. An eye for an eye until the world is blind. And I say, no. One last guy has one eye left. <laughs> yeah, I like that. The law of the jungle, not the law of the land. That's the difference between power and logos. With the law of the jungle is a power hierarchy. It's the animal hierarchy. It's who... It's might makes right, you know, versus uh, the law of the land is ethics. And that's the irony about the gun debate is there's this great quote that, not a quote, it was actually a commercial by Sam Cole. It said, God made all men, no, God made men, Sam Colt made them equal or something like that. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, uh, apparently he just tweeted me. Dude, he DM me the Pat Oswalt tweet. Oh, this is great. This is what I'm talking about. Okie Bear, hey Pat, no amount of brown bald lesbians is gonna bullshit me into more gun control. Sorry, bud. And Pat Oswalt writes, challenge accepted. That's our and, and Pat got four thousand likes. That's hilarious. Patton thinks that he can affect us. He's like, now we'll see who's. Now we'll see who's affected. Look at all my fans. And listen, let's just, uh, let's just read. Okay, Akilah Green writes, I came running because I heard there were brown, bald lesbians and wanted to find out what kind of badass shit they were up to. Is that a, is that a joke? I, I mean, that's 1.3 thousand likes. What kind of badass shit are the bald, black lesbians up to? All right. Oh, no, she twit and writes, it's like how when they're, when their side said, when their side said the Olympic slogan should be gay or dark or different, I was like, okay, yes, that sounds great. Idiot, why do you think that's a solid burn? I don't get that. Gay or dark or different. Also, the future. Embrace it. Live it. Love it. No, it isn't. The gay can't be the future because they can't have kids. You can, you can bang someone's ass as much as you want. I did that joke in my special. It's about how uh, like the gays will be like, and I set it up. I tried to make sure. I, I was doing a new kind of thing I was doing where I'd set it up with like jabs 
before the like the hits. Like I set up Soy Boy by being like, you know, it's time to come together as a people. <laughs> I'm like, you got to think about people that aren't like yourself. And there's certain people that, you know, I write songs for everybody. And there's certain people I've never written a song for. And I really thought about it. I'm like, you know, we got to come together as a, as a nation, as a people. We're all one. We're not all one, by the way. I didn't say that. But I'm like, so then I wrote, I, I sing Soy Boy, which is the most possibly aggressive thing you can possibly sing right after saying that. Gayer, darker, different. It reminds me of college. There was this one uh, house of hippies. And I used to call them Delta Delta Hippie. Because they're all the same. It's like, I never understood that about the whole different thing. It's like, just, we're all different. No, you're all, you all smell like patchouli. You all have the same fish t-shirt on. You all have the same hair, haircut. How are you different? You're, you're a frat that's dirty. It's okay. Someone, someone says, uh, how can, how gun enthusiasts think they look and it's a picture of a, a military legend and how they really look. And it's a picture of Pete Billingsley from uh, a Christmas story. Let me tell you something about Pete Billingsley. He's a buddy of mine. I've probably spent 10,000 hours with Pete Billingsley. He loves guns and he's wicked right wing. So you fucking dumbass. All right. Gun enthusiastic people LARPing their way through a bloodbath of history. Uh, why don't you go ahead and read the, the Gulag Archipelago. LARPing, still LARPing. It's so ironic. Yeah, we're the ones LARPing when, it, when they're the ones who think everyone's a Nazi. LARPing means live action role play, by the way. All right, I got I to gotta retweet, retweet Oki Bear. This is hilarious. Check out this thread. Oki Bear. to get that honey. Yeah, I love it, buddy. Patton Oswald retweet re, you, used to retweet me. Do you understand that's why I don't like these people? It's because they all changed. I once did a, a, a tweet that said, Be, being white is awesome. Cops pull me over just to give me high fives. And Patton Oswald retweeted me. And then he DM'd me that he thought that was hilarious. Do you think he'd do that now? No, because Patton Oswalt doesn't exist. <laughs> That's why I'm like, ah, man. He, he literally used to DM me and shit. I used to, like, protect him from people uh, bashing him because I thought he was, like, a little dude. And, and then I just started seeing him turn. He became a commie. It's like, the dude used to be funny. Uh, hey, Owen, I'd love if... Oh, I did that. I hope you're satisfied with the uh, Tennessee Bear. Hope I did you a good job. Okay, cool. Big Bear, are you going to be selling some merch at Houston Show? Cash credit? If so, save some for the second night. Yeah, I'll, I'll sell flasks. It's tough to travel with the with the Bear Steins. I think I have some t-shirts too with cash. I always uh, like to give the cash back to the local economy. <laughs> it's like money in, money out. All the credit card shit, you got to pay sales tax and all that for with me with merch when i sell merch that cash goes to beers with the with everybody it goes to like um any musical shit that i have to buy last minute it'll go to like just shit like that it's it's fun it's just like the fun it's the fun credit i, I don't know how else to explain it 
Like, I sold so many of these Bear Steins that I think I'm just going to give a lot of that to my brother, though, because my brother ended up really bringing it. Jennifer Logan. Owen, got to read Conflict of Visions. Well, for example, like, when you buy the shit on, uh, online, I'm not currently selling anything online, but I will, again. That all goes into my PayPal account, which I use to buy, like, plane tickets and shit for gigs or rental cars and stuff like that. So it's all money in, money out, because I don't want to pay tax on any of it. <clears throat> and I just kind of, I, I want you guys to have all this shit, but I, if you give it away for free, no one values it. Like, that's the irony. It's, a, it's actually a real insight into socialism. Jennifer, Owen, got to read Conflict of Visions. That is Thomas Sowell's personal favorite book of his. Oh, that sounds good. Conflict of Visions. Chris, is there a way to get tickets to the show in Chicago? I want to go with a friend that loves your work. I didn't have spare cash when tickets were available. I also want to help out if possible. I think it's like way sold out. Like someone else just asked me and I said I might be able to hook them up. Maybe I add another show because a lot of people have been asking me now. That's the thing. When they sell out, they sell out, man. I, uh, maybe I can add another show. Because right now we have Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Brooklyn. And I just put up Washington State. I'm doing Kirkland, Washington in June. So... Get those tickets at hugepianist.com. Uh, and then Houston Improv. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to announce that. So I'm doing Kirkland outside of Seattle. Because I'm doing um, Vancouver. So my wife booked me at this theater near where she lives. Because we're all going to go as a family. Which is awesome. So if you live in Washington State, I've been getting a lot of uh, Washington State love. So I rented out this big theater. So I have to... I have to sell enough tickets to pay for the fucking 1500 bucks that it costs to rent a theater. I never used to experience that. I always used to just be an agent would be like, this is how much you'll get. Fly there. I'm like, okay. Now I have to like, but it's way more fun to actually rent the venue and shit. Because now I can come up with like unique things I can do. Like if you buy a Bear Stein or you have a Bear Stein, you get free beers if I like bring my own keg. I don't know how that shit works, but that'd be incredible. Prager, you just shared a vid on Facebook about how 100% of school shooters are fatherless or have limited father involvement. Check it out. Yeah, they retweeted my tweet about that. I'm doing two Prager U videos in April. I really like those guys. Authoritarians hate laughter, but most people love laughter. Thanks, Barefoot Barbarian. Yeah, authoritarians hate laughter because it reveals the truth. Um. Let me see where I'm at. I don't want to miss anybody. I don't want to miss anybody. Flapping Plamis. These streams are so educational and inspirational. Pumped about It's Time vid. Much love. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get to work on that today. I can't wait. I also want to do It's Time to Cut Off Our Dicks. Because I did a tweet that went kind of big about... I said, uh, gun control is the, is the equivalent of... of Harvey Weinstein, uh, right after Harvey Weinstein saying it was his dick and not him, and then making all everybody cut off their own dicks. So if a couple of you guys just want to send me an email uh, at why didn't they laugh at gmail.com, why didn't they laugh at gmail.com, if a couple of you guys just want to just go, it's time for all men to cut off their dicks, because I'll just add that little part to it. Malice on Crowder, when? I don't know. I, I love both those guys. Black Eyes, just a rec recommendation to check out Stefan Molyneux's interview with... Oh, I already did. I, I, I listen to all of Molyneux's shit. 
It's uh, I'm doing Manu's show uh, Thursday. Yeah, I enjoy that guy. He's just uh, he's he's just really good with words. <laughs> you know, he's just like a. I, I think you should read books on tape, because I also like the sound of um, Neil Gaiman's voice. Neil Gaiman's a, ch a children's writer, and he he wrote uh, the Cemetery book or something like that. And I remember listening to it, and he was like. And the little boy was in the cemetery, and he, he felt all alone. He didn't know where he was going to go, but it was a cemetery. <laughs> he sounds like Eeyore. And Malanu just sounds... Oh, the Graveyard Book. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. Great book. And, uh, and Malanu sounds just like this passionate, wild man, and you don't know where he's... Uh, freedom... Is it Freedom Tunes? Seamus? He does the funniest Malanu. He's like, I gave you people. I can't, I can't give it justice. I literally can't give it. I'm not even going to try. Just watch, uh, watch Freedom Tunes. Neil Gaiman is a bit hacky. Yeah, he's, ha I don't like him on Twitter. He's a lefty. But some of his children's books are pretty fascinating. There was, uh, like, trigger warning. That's the thing is he also was against, he, he was mocking trigger warnings, though, too. He named a whole collection of, of short stories called, Trigger warning, because I love children's literature. Love it, because it boils it down. I also hate some of it. You know, like I think the that one fish story, the the rainbow fish, it's fucking commie shit. That's why I made the the trading tree instead of giving tree. I just recommend. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I checked out Cassie J. It was great. Painter Bear, your special twenty bucks. Travel and accommodations fifteen hundred bucks. Whoa, Painter Bear. Laughs and love from Owen and the Unbearables, priceless. Yeah, I can't believe that it was that much. See, that's what makes me feel, that's what I feel guilt. Not guilt, but I just really hope you had, like you really had, a, had fun. Because I'm so used to being the underdog that I've had unbelievable uh, experiences in my career and huge, huge, huge um opportunities but I'm so used to being the underdog I always feel like I have to fight and uh this time I didn't I felt like everyone was there to support me and I didn't and I just was like because when when I'm an underdog I know when I'm doing a good job because they have to laugh like when people are like who's this fucking guy and then I get them then I know I did good but if people like want to support me and uh I don't always know. And I just hope I didn't let you down. But I don't think I did. People have been writing me that they had like the time of their life and shit. So uh, I, I'm sure I'll probably get more used to it in a good way, in a positive way. I'm just not used to that much love. I swear to God. Herman, a crowd full of positive hecklers. It's true. It's true. It's, it is a different challenge. Because I was getting applause. Usually I get a lot of laughter. I was getting applause breaks after saying the shit. Usually when I do the joke, oh, I didn't finish the joke about the gay stuff. So I do this joke about how gays are starting to get a little uh, cocky. And I set it up by talking about how you, me and uh, Amy are friends with a couple gay couples. And there's always one of the gay guys really wanted a kid. And the other just wants to keep uh, making money in real estate and going to raves. And so they'll keep sending us like outfits for Walter. And it's all like, like a train conductor outfit. Long, all right. So long story short. So I'm like, but gay guys are starting to get, it's not about tolerance anymore. Now they're starting to become like dicks where they're like, 
I can't believe you lick a vagina. Ugh. And I'm just, and I'm, the joke is I'm driving. I'm like, yeah. It's like, ew, it's so gross. How do you even, like a pussy is so gross. And I'm like, yeah, something switched in my head where I'm like, I'm not going to take this anymore. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I do. I do put my penis inside of a vagina. Ugh. It's like, yeah, it's great. It's great. I love, I love my wife's vagina. And you know what happens when I put my, my dick in a, my wife's vagina? You know what comes out? Life. Life comes out. Where do you put your dick? What comes out of that? I'll tell you. Shit. You put your dick in a place where only shit comes out. There's no life will ever come out of there. It's just shit. And don't tell me it's because you love men. I love men. There's a lot of men I love. I love them so much that I... I you Gay guys are like, oh, I love them so much I'm going to jam something in his asshole until I come. Like, you sound crazy. When I love a man, I love him so much I make sure that nothing gets near their asshole. Sick fucker. You know, and, um, and that kind of applause break. Typically, this is what, because that's blatantly funny, right? That's blatantly funny. Because women are on board, too. Because women are like, don't talk shit about vaginas, you know? And then the dudes are all on board. And even gay guys are on board. It's fucking hilarious. And, uh, but usually I just get laughs. Because they don't want to agree. Most crowds think I'm being homophobic, even though they know I'm not. And so they just can't help themselves but to laugh. But now, this last taping, people were clapping. Where they're like... And I'm like, I'm so not used to that. All right, good night to all bears from Australia. All right, good night, Crusader Bear. LGBT, blah, blah, blah. This is from Semper Fiber. It's like someone took uh, Bosom Buddies as inspiration and turned it into a horror story. I know. Why well, do that bit, too? The LGBT. Like, I go down the whole thing where the lesbians, they're pretty chill. They just want Subarus and, and, and good footwear. Uh, and they want more, you know, they just want to be able to go to their their Dixie Chicks concert and not have weird looks. They started their little club, and that makes sense. You know, lesbians are fine. They're great people, typically. Sometimes they get a little judgy, but whatever. And then the gays come in. The whole point I'm making is, is uh, if you base your whole club on no discrimination, it'll always bite you in the ass. Because discrimination is necessary to, to life. Like, I discriminate. I only have sex with my wife. I'm discriminatory against all other vaginas. I don't eat cantaloupe. I think it's slimy. That's discrimination, right? So, so I go down the whole line. So then I'm like L's, and then comes in the G's. G's are cool, kind of like the L's, but more cocaine, um, you know, more bad ideas. And then comes in the B's. I'm like the B's. The B's are weirdos because you you can you never know if you can go camping with a B. You never know where you stand. You know, you're like, wait a minute, so you guys that have sex with anybody? They're like anybody. Like, so one minute I'm talking baseball with you in the sauna, the next you're trying to whack me off? I don't know if I like this, B. Because when you're friends with a G, you know where you stand. You can have fun with a G, but you're not exactly going to drink 10 beers and, and jump in a pool naked with a G. Because you know where you stand. But a B, Bs are tricky. But then comes in the T's. The T's is when everything went to shit. Because the T's came in and they are like, we're T's. We want to be part of the club. And it's like, oh, you're like guys that dress as women and you have sex with guys. You're like, I am a woman. Like, I can see your dick right there. I mean, it's blatantly a penis right there. You have XY chromosomes. I mean, I am a woman. Say I'm a woman. Say I'm a beautiful woman. And now nothing matters. Q's, A's, I's. There's a creepy pedophile in the corner. Come on in. Let's burn this motherfucker down. And then the, the, the lesbians are in the back like we should have just knitted sweaters. 
Because the tease is when when society started crumbling. Because the tease are nothing. They're nothing like gay. It's not gay. It's it's an acceptance of of nonsense. And I don't judge it morally. I compare it to OCD. I'm not saying that if you're if you have gender dysphoria, even if you are transgendered or transsexual or whatever you want to call it, I don't think you're evil. I don't think you're bad. I I just don't think you're what you think you are. It's 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 similar to OCD. It's like if someone has to tap seven times before turning a light switch on, uh, that's fine. You do that. If that makes you comfortable, you do that. But don't think that I have to pretend that the light won't go on if you only tap six times. That's when everything went to shit. Because when you make other people have to see the world through your fucking crazy eyes, now you got nothing. And so that's uh, and that's the only problem I have. Like I can be friends with a trans person as long as they. Don't make me repeat back what I don't believe. You know, I, I know people that literally, they need to tap seven times before they turn a light. I'm not going to take that right away from them. That's why I'm for trans rights in the sense that you should be allowed to do that as an adult. But don't make me join your delusion. That's all I'm saying. And don't do it to the fucking kids. You go near the kids, I will play Simple Man by Charlie Daniels, and I will just do whatever he says. <laughs> Dilev, what was your joke? I'm sure it wasn't a bad joke. What did Dilev say? Alright, let's just keep rocking and rolling. Yeah, we're over a thousand watching now, eleven hundred. Hit that like button. Fight the power, baby. Shout out to Uncle Boobs. He's the best person ever. I I just love Uncle Boobs. Says Uncle Boobs. You did trick me there, though, but well done, Uncle Boobs. Joey Bear. Owen, you should do a video with uh, Sticks Hex and Hammer 666 about YouTube censorship. If I, if I, yeah, I mean, I would, but I'm not. There's so many things. I'm, I have to edit a video about, you know, listening to the kids. The Democratic urban plantation exists to maintain the illusion of separation, feeding hatred, and fueling an imaginary fight between the races to maintain their control. 100%. It's the same as haves and haves nots, proletariat and fucking bourgeoisie. It's like, I've been proletariat, I've been bourgeoisie, and I've flipped back and forth several times. I've been haves, I've been have nots, also flipped back and forth several times. There is no, the race thing now is starting to really uh, suck. And, and Douglas Murray brought up a great point on Rogan. He goes, don't make it understandable for white nationalists. And that's exactly the point I want to make. I've tried to been making where it's like no one wants the white nationalist vibe going on, right? But if you're going Jordan Peterson made the same point. If you're going to do identity politics, eventually there's going to be a group of white people that will say, "Oh, these are the rules." Okay. Then I'm I want to win. And so if if you get to have uh black movies like um Black Panther now you get white movies. Do we want white movies? That doesn't even make sense. I like if you get to have uh you know all black dorms, get to have all white dorms now. Now you're justifying white nationalism, which I'm not a I'm not a fan of, guys. But when people sometimes are like, "Oh, you you retweeted a a guy who's alt right." Like so, I've retweeted socialists. I'm friends with socialists. I think socialism is is almost cra crazier. 
alt-right is crazy to me. I think that they're absolutely wrong to want to have any type of strat like what Richard Spencer preaches is very similar to socialism. You have to only go merit. You have to go it, it, you have to go with um consenting ties. Like you have to be able to choose who you want to hang out with. You can't make it law. If you want to hang in a, in a neighborhood that's only white people, go for it. Buy a big thing of land and you should have the right to do that. But you can't ever put that in law or else you sound socialist. So, and, but that's what socialists do too. All right, whatever. You, you get what I'm saying. Uh, you have the right to, uh, I'm repping Uncle Boobs. There are definitely some really smart black guys. There are also some black guys who are absolute savages. Yeah. Yeah, and there is a bell curve situation and whatever. But, uh, but bell curves don't, they don't matter that much in a general population. They only matter with immigration in the millions. That's the only time it ever matters at all. So that's why I don't ever focus on that. I think it's kind of gay. All right. Neil Carr, you should take a look at Carl. Oh, thanks for that super chat, bud. That's insanely nice of you. You should take a look at Carl Lentz about common law on YouTube. I'd like to see an, inter uh, an interview with him. I'm going to write that down. Carl Lentz. common law I want to do a week of the bears because uh the bear Jew uh keeps asking me to do his podcast on Kyle and and uh Delev and Overton all these guys and Herman and uh I just don't know when I'm going to be able to do that guys but I think what we should do is schedule like a whole week of like meet the bears like meet the press yeah bear Jews uh harassed me pretty bad I gave him my number too, and one time he called me like ten times in a row, and I was like, "All right, now we're gonna ice you a bit, Bear Jew." <laughs> but uh, we should do a, a, a Meet the Bears week. It's almost like Shark Week. We should do Bear Week instead of Shark Week. It'd be hilarious. And uh, we just set up, but we have to structure it. It can't just be hanging. It has to be like we have to have a point to each conversation. That way, the mass population can enjoy it, and it's not just us doing um. Just hanging. Because when I just hang solo, I don't think my, my streams are as good as if I have some sort of uh, focus. Oh, and by the way, thank you all so much for the, the suggestions to so many of my jokes that I did end up using. I Like in my 11th hour po polish episode and a lot of the most recent YouTube episodes, I've been, I've been uh, asking you guys for help with, with jokes. And the amount of unbelievable ideas I got Right down to timing. I just, some of them were just complete home runs. I messed up Bane because I couldn't, someone said you got to cover your, your face when you do it. When you cover your face, you, you lose the stage vibe. Like this is how you got to do it. All your people. But I couldn't get the sound right. But I have to keep that joke though because I closed the hip hop versus country song with it. And that worked really well. But I, I'm looking to see if I wrote down anything that you guys sent to me. Because some of them were just absolute monsters. Uh, I don't remember. I, I'll just check it out another time. But just, just to let you know, you guys did incredible with letting me know what you think was funny or how I could improve anything. Grizzly Luna, you could you have an uncut version of the show for sale for bears that couldn't make it to the show? Yes, absolutely. Jennifer Locken, yeah, you saw 
what I got banned for, stating facts. Yeah, uh, Jordan Peterson coined the term hate facts. I think that's hilarious. Turkey Bear, only problem with your special will be cameras picking up the laughter from camera crew. Every single section was hilarious and above all 100% authentic. Thank you, Turkey Bear. means a lot. Hey, Owen, did you get my tweet about the Jihad hero cover? No. <laughs> Sounds funny, though. I'm paying for the privilege to offer help with anything you need for setup when you come to Minnesota. I've already taken the whole day off work. I'm hitting you up for that, by the way. I need helpers for each city. So, um, absolutely, because I'm going to be running this shit myself. I'm going to bring Guck to as many as I can. And I need openers, comedian openers, too. So, let's do it. Hey, Owen. Here's a cover song idea that could be the new anthem for the left. Hey, Mal, you're an all-star. That's hilarious. Hey, Mal, you're an all-star. Oh, dude, this one worked well. The Mao Gay Dong Engorged Washington. Somebody on YouTube even corrected me, and it worked. I said Engorged Washington. They said Engorged Washington. See? It's the details. Star Spangled Bear. And this is one of the beauties of being censored, like I am, how everyone keeps being like, why don't you have a Netflix special? Why don't you have a Netflix special? Netflix is definitely going to pick you up, bro. No the fuck they're not. Zero chance. I'm off book, man. I'm, uh, I'm off narrative. I'm, I'm off. I'm rogue. So, but one of the beauties of that is, though, I have to work like 50 times as hard. I've watched some of these Netflix specials. People that I'm friends with that used to be really good and they're so bad because they don't have to fight. They don't have to work. They're like the, the humans from Wally. They're just these fat fucks on little scooters emotionally. And like I in order to make any money on my special, it has to be so good that people seek it out to buy it. And this Netflix shit isn't that. It's propaganda. It's free if you just pay what, nine dollars a month? For all of it, you guys realize what? Why, right? Propaganda. Think about how much a cable package costs, right? By the way, uh, which is think about how much cable costs, right? What was it like? Ninety bucks a month? I don't even know. I don't have cable. It's like maybe a hundred bucks a month, and you get all these channels, and all the channels even have commercials. And there's there was competing cable companies and competing networks, so you know that there's competition. So that was as low as they could probably get it. So now you have thousands of original shows with the biggest budgets you can possibly imagine. I know comedians personally that aren't even that good that would get $500,000 for a Netflix special, right? Just, th just them, not even including the production costs. Okay, House of Cards was probably 30 million an episode, 25 million an episode. And the whole fucking thing is nine bucks a month. No one thinks of, like, does anyone not see what that is? Well, some call propaganda, guys. That isn't, that isn't fucking uh, market economics. You can't possibly afford that programming on that. And they've never made a dollar. Netflix has never made a dollar. They've never profited one fucking um, dollar. <clears throat> All right, whatever. They have some good shows. I tweeted out what shows should I watch, and some people recommended a bunch of shows, and some of them are great. The Punisher's great. I loved uh, Mine Hunters. I loved Ozarks. I think love liked Ozarks. Some good parts. There's some great. The OA I liked. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Norm Macdonald specials unreal. 
Joe Rogan special salad. But a lot of garbage, man. Most of it's garbage. <clears throat> there's a whole there's a whole series on Netflix almost like justifying teenage suicide. Netflix and Shill. That's so funny. All right. Sitting here in the university. Oh, this is from Star Spangled Bear. Sitting here at my university uh, eating, there are four posters. Black Pride Group, Diversity Group, LGBTQA, and Campus Democrats with MSNBC on. No bias here. It's unreal. It's unreal. And it's so obvious that if people don't see it anymore, it's because they're, they're purposely lying to themselves. And we get called a cult. Yeah, we're not the ones putting hormones in little kids and uh, 21 trillion in debt pretending like there's nothing wrong. That's not our group. Trigger Bear, have you watched any We The Internet videos on YouTube? They're pretty funny, but also have two good videos about Yale and Brown. <coughs> no, I'll check that out, though. We The Internet. I'll write that down. We The Internet. Jessica F. <coughs> Thank you. Very generous. I haven't been able to watch for a while. Thanks for everything you and your wife go through to be part of our voice. Congrats on the new Bear Cub and special. That's very nice of you, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we got uh, Isa Bear came through. I drove. It was a 14 hours of driving yesterday. I drove down and um, and it took me actually. It took me a little longer than expected because I literally had to pull over a couple times to like do a couple tweet fights because I'm a fucking child. But uh, we got this unbelievable dog, and he is uh, he's a great Pyrenees. He's gonna get huge. <laughs> Tiger Bear. Hey, Owen, my boyfriend and I are the ones who told our car going to Saranac. We found his bear name, Total Bear. Show is epic and well worth the trip. You brought it and the bears were awesome. Thank you. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy you guys came and, and you guys are such good people. Sorry about the car. Someone else got a ticket. Yeah, it sucks. But um, how's, I hope the car is good. I hope you have, everything's covered. Sorry. But I'm glad you had fun. You guys are sweethearts. My brother had so much fun. He was like, he was almost like in tears how happy he was. He had just, my brother had just, because my brother was opening for me and I didn't know if he was going to make it because he was working all day. I was supposed to work with him, but he was like, dude, this, this job is on a lake of ice and we have to haul this shit through like cracking ice and it's real sketchy. It's a sketchy one. It's going to take a while. And, I, and it was by the wire. He got there at 7.50. And he was in work gear. He was like sweaty, covered in gasoline, smelling like trees. And he was just like in such a pure state. Just so happy and thankful. He was like, I don't even know what I'm going to say on stage. I'm like, just go on there, man. And it just ended up being a blast. He started doing push-ups. He had just gotten back from like hauling logs across a frozen lake. Tim. I just want to let you know how great all this is. Five years ago, I felt like a ghost, and now I have a family. My fiance thinks I'm a nut, but she knows I'm a nut that'll go through fire for her and her kids. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, man. But that's the thing. It's like being a little nutty isn't bad. It's like uh, my wife actually likes that about me because it, it's benevolent. As long as your intentions are good, your... Uh, your nuttiness is, is kind of almost a compliment. Like sometimes I realize that I'll be ranting about socialism for like 30 straight minutes. And then I'll be like, I'm sorry, love. And she's like, no, it's all right. I know because she knows it's because I'm, I'm paranoid about the future for my kids. Because if I was ranting about how I deserve more in my career, 
which I never do anymore. Now I feel almost like so thankful and blessed that I almost have a sense of guilt. <laughs> like people are getting so, like the people that follow me, like you guys are now getting so awesome that I'm like, do I deserve this? So my rants are against uh, authoritarians and, uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll sauna and then run out into freezing temperature for like back and forth for like an hour and a half. That isn't normal behavior, but she thinks it's funny. But then she makes me shower. Sometimes I forget to shower. I mean, I'm a stinky bear. All right. Harper Lee inspired to kill a mocking bear. Hilarious. I like mocking bear. One word. And maybe I'm going like this. I'm trying to get Kiwi Bear to, to do some art on it. Uh, the word of Yaga. Hey, Big Bear. Yaga Bear here. I'm from Oswego, Illinois. I tweeted you an article of a man who used an AR-15 to stop an attack on someone last night. Sick. Try and tweet that out. Yeah, the uh, the gun debate is so annoying now. It's like, it's not that easy to get an AR-15, especially in New York State. It's it's a wicked pain in the ass. You have to like order one through Atlantic something, like the the website, and then they send it to the gun store. It's like, what the fuck? Everyone's acting like you, with an expired ID, you can get an AR-15 in like two minutes. That's such horseshit. You can get a shotgun in two minutes, but I mean, more more people die like banging a, a toaster in fucking Idaho. Oh, we got here. The independent bearable for special name or something about being independently funded. That I was thinking of free bear, like free bird. Hard R is really funny. Uh, I still like the mocking bear though. It's just the the rhythm of it, the mocking bear. I can't explain it. But yeah, I like the uh I also like I'm not joking. Alright, you're a little misinformed. I think you're talking about Atlantic Firearms, which is a website that is the best at selling rifles for states with high regulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about though. Like we don't have AR fifteens in our gun store. You have to order them and then they go there and then you I don't know. You definitely know more about it probably. But, uh, I don't know, whatever. Because <clears throat> I want more. I want to get, like, five. Because I, I legitimately think they're going to uh, possibly become illegal. The, the humor games, the mocking bear, that's hilarious. How many kids have to die before I give up my guns? All of them. Hilarious. Open some packages. I will at the end. That's a good, good call, Country Bear. I'm doing a real long one. I started at nine. <laughs> Are you ever going to come to Michigan? Hell yeah. People drove from Michigan to this taping. Uh, Grand Rapids is one of my favorite towns to do stand-up in. And I think I'm going to get booked there again because I think the dudes who book Yak Yaks in Vancouver, which I just got booked at, booked them. So I might have avoided the black ball. Dr. Grins, man. I love that spot. Huge. Two two of my biggest YouTube videos, the uh, Gender Wars and uh, Us and Millennials, those were both taped in Michigan at Grand Rapids. Come to Kansas City, Big Bear. I'd love to. Hey, Owen, oh, it's my 21st birthday. Can I get a shout-out? Hell yeah, Clay. All right, we'll give you a song. Happy 21st birthday, Clay. I don't know what to say. You can now legally drink. I'm sure that never stopped you before. Happy birthday, bud.
Spider Bear here. You should come up with a joke that celebrity Twitter accounts are all run by the Hollywood Secret Society. There is no Patton Oswald. That's funny. I'm going to do, I just ordered a quill pen from Amazon to do one quick little sketch where you just see me. It looks like I'm typing. And I'm like, the Second Amendment was when there was only muskets. It's time to get rid of the Second Amendment. You know, some shit like that. Be like, technology is advanced. And then I, I go like this, and you can see I'm holding a quill pen. And I just hand off a piece of paper and go, retweet slave. Give this to my fave pigeon. And hopefully people get the joke, but if they're not, they'll be dead soon anyway. Uh, hey Owen, first time super chatter. When will you come to Dallas? I'd love to see your show and buy you some beers. Love the podcast, by the way. I'll be there in March. I'm not doing a show there, but I'll be there for for undisclosed reasons. I'm doing a show in Houston. Uh, when will you be doing a show in Southern Oregon? Na Nama Bear and I want to feed the big bear. I want. I, I was just in Portland fairly recently, but I, I I was just telling Amy we should probably book a show in Oregon in June. Not even Portland, someplace more rural. That's what I'm doing, Kirkland, Washington. I think that's better than Seattle. Thanks for all you do, Big Bear. Will you perhaps be coming to Amsterdam in the future? Can't wait for your special. I'd love to do Amsterdam. I want to see some tulips. Pipes froze, elbow deep in literal shit. Thanks for the honey and the salmon in this stream. Whoa. Yeah, our, our pipes froze a month ago. It was not fun, bud. Good luck. Because it spreads like gangrene. George, 2499 Super Chat. That's awesome, buddy. Thank you. Good to see you, Papa Bear. Check your DMs, man. My handle is American Phoenix. I hope you like it. I will. Hey, Owen, you should go on a comedy tour with Crowder, Rodney Carrington, and Frankie Boyle. The world would be fatally triggered. Well, I texted uh, somebody on Twitter suggested me and Crowder do a, uh, a 2020 tour or a 2018 tour. Whenever the, election, whenever the elections are. Uh, and call it a swing state comedy tour and just go to all the swing states and just make them laugh their fucking ass off. A little bear package coming your way with a little something I do with my sister on the Cape that allows me to watch where I work. Love it. Thank you. Your special should be called right to bear comedy. Ah, that's great. And can't wait to see you and help set up when you come to Denver. I I'd love to Denver would be awesome. Yeah, Swing State Comedy Tour would be hilarious. Because if you go to the heart of, if you're like doing Idaho, like you're, everyone's already on board. But like Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, you know, that'd be a blast. Trucker Bear, today's my birthday. Now sing me a song, you taller. Oh, I did that. Did I do that joke on stage? Where being a tall is a minority? Because I, I knew I was going to write that. I was making fun of Herman. And uh, it was like, yeah, you can't go on this roller coaster, taller. All right, I'll sing you. Happy birthday, Trucker Bear. We had a lot of fun in Saranac Lake. You showed me a picture of your 75-foot rig that was holding a giant boat and another thing. Interesting fact about the trucker bear is he's a quarter Chinese. His grandfather was super fucking short, but his dad was six foot three because China had really bad nutrition. All right. 
Any chance of a show in St. Louis or Memphis? I'm stuck in the middle, but would love to come to a show. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. I mean, I love Tennessee. I'd almost live there. But I'm, I'm committing to, to one town. I love, I love my town. There's problems everywhere. There's soy everywhere. Soy's invading everywhere. You can't avoid it. You have to plant a flag. Because there is soy here. But there's soy everywhere. I turned 30 in August. Planning a five-day trip in Amsterdam to party in style. Guck, Big Bear, and Brother Bear would be an awesome addition to the team. I am going to make an executive decision and not allow Guck, a recovering heroin addict, to go to Amsterdam. <laughs> and my brother doesn't have any drug issues, but he does get really energetic in Europe. He would probably jump out of like a building into a fucking river or some shit. Yeah, no, Guck's not allowed to go to Amsterdam. I'm very protective of Guck. Guck has beaten heroin legitimately. But he also can, like, drift. That's why he needs, uh, he needs strong leadership in his life. He just got a dog, which is great. Uh, I'll help out if you ever need help in Amsterdam. When you come, we'll have a blast. I'd love that, man. I'd love to come to Amsterdam. Come to Madison. I think I am coming to Madison. Hang on. Let me check my email. I think I just booked something in. I think I just booked something in Wisconsin. I, uh. I'm going for it, man. I'm really going for it. Let me take a quick look here. Uh, more dates. More dates. I'm releasing details from Milwaukee and Madison. Also remember Buffalo. We have two shows. Not sure if you sold out both. I don't remember. I know I sold out at least one show in Buffalo. And then I took it off my website. God, I'm such a fucking dumbass. I got to get very organized. So I'm going to be doing Milwaukee and Madison and Washington State soon. I got to get a bunch in before Amy starts getting close to uh, baby pop time. Baby pop, baby pop, baby pop. Because I want to bring her too, which is going to be awesome. Are you cool with Earthquake? Do you think he'd let you do a guest spot at the Improv when you're in Pittsburgh? I don't know Earthquake. I'm doing Pittsburgh in April though. The left wants gun confiscation. The federal government would need help from local law, but they don't want local law helping with deporting immigrants. Yeah, they're, they're, they're authoritarians. We all know their logic doesn't make sense in any way because they want to disarm us, and then they want to bring in people that will vote Democrat, and they, they want the family unit to disintegrate because family units usually vote uh, for a smaller government. That's the fact. And then every single thing they do, you can see it line up with that. And liberals didn't used to seem this crazy because the government wasn't this big. So you didn't see it. It's now starting to hit those edges of like complete insanity. Whereas before it would be like, you know, it's cool. You know, I'm okay to be friends with this gay guy. And everyone's like, oh, you're a liberal. It's like, I feel good with that. It's like, yeah, I can smoke some weed and I'm not going to go to hell. Hell, I used to masturbate when I was a kid. And people would be like, you're a liberal. Now it's like, there's 70 genders, and uh, that three-year-old's really a girl, and uh, you can't shame me for being 900 pounds, and uh, you're going to be born with a million dollars of unfunded liability. Hello? i got to get going here. What was I going to do? Oh, yeah, I was going to open some packages.
big boy. You guys want to see Barry White again? You guys want to see Barry White? Come here, Barry White. Want to say hi to people and then we'll go outside for a run or something? Come here, Barry White. This is my big boy, Barry White. Hi. You having fun hanging out? You having fun hanging out? Look at those paws. He's going to be a giant. He's going to be a giant. This is Barry White. Watch this. Barry White. Look at the computer. like Barry White. They want to eat your garbage so damn bad. Stop putting lids on your garbage. They just want to eat your son's diaper. Let him. It's not disgusting at all. Is it Barry White? Stop garbage shaming these animals. Hi. I'm lesbian and psychotic human being Sarah McLaughlin. For one dollar a day, you can contribute to this known Ponzi scheme. Hi, Barry White. Barry White here used to be black. But he, he got into a, a gallon of bleach because you had put a lid on your garbage. For 50 cents a day, you can help little Barry White here eat a bunch of stuff that he's not supposed to. Hi, I'm Sarah McLaughlin, and you have no idea how to spell my last name. Good boy, buddy. Good boy, Barry White. Good boy, Barry White. Sarah on here. This is from... Magpie Modular. Is this, is this from a bear? To Owen and Amy, wanted to pass these along as I know you are building a homestead and planning to grow more food for yourself. Uh, in these coming seasons. These are useful resources. Also might come to come in handy when planning the not a cult compound. All the best, Chad, aka Panda Bear. Alright, Panda Bear. We have the edible landscape. This is awesome. And Principles and Pathways Beyond Sustainability. David Helmgren. Agriculture books. That's huge. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that, Chad. Chad is the designer of the flasks. Oops. This is from. Well, we'll find out. Hey, Barry White. Oh, this is awesome. It's a bear salt and pepper shaker. Ah, is that awesome? It's a bear salt. <laughs> Who's this from? 
Black Forest Decor. I don't know who this is from. What about Santa Barbara Libero Theater? 600 seats, maybe we can help. Salt and Pepper Bears in Santa Barbara. Pat and Gail Kennedy. I would do Santa Barbara. I love Santa Barbara. Thank you, Pat and Gail Kennedy. That is really cool of you. Hey, look, a box. Very what? It's a box. This is from Utah, the Libertas Institute. That's the name of my buddy Dave Smith's comedy special. Check it out. It's called Libertas. He's really funny. Dave Smith's off the grid. He's off the narrative. What do we got here? Ten Truths for Teenagers. All right, what are the books called? Oh, we got a ton of books here. Whoa. Who's this from? There's no note. The Wah, Connor and Boyack, The Tuttle Twins, Miraculous Pencil. Hang on, what is this? Where did the class trip for you? Oh, dude, this is great. Like, the pencil is an example of uh, market, how the market can make things awesome. All the different things that go into a pencil. I remember reading about this example. This is cool. This is like a... Uh, Libertarian Lessons for Kids. This is great. It's all by Connor, Connor Boyack. Illustrated by Elijah Stanfield. Food truck fiasco. I guarantee that's about market economics and competition. Um, Road to Serfdom. Oh, this is great. The Golden Rule. Search for Atlas. The Law. Love it, bud. Who is this from? This is from, uh, oh, that's the wrong thing. Libertas Institute. Uh, it's from Utah, I just don't know who sent it. But thank you, whoever sent it. That's awesome. I'm gonna read those to, uh, to Wally. This is from Adele. Oh, she's Adele Bear. She made the, uh, the 3D, oh shit. Here we go. Look at this. She made a 3D bear with a piano on it. That is so cool, dude. Look at that. Is there a note in there? There we go. Is that note? Just a white box. Thank you. That, that was a good session. Good session. Let me answer these and I'll, uh, I'll play you guys a little music. You should do a spoof called The Bears on Parade, spoofing Bulls on Parade. Love your version of Imagine, by the way. Stay funny, Papa Bear. Thanks. Bears on Parade. I'll, maybe I can try that. Ephraim Wolf, please come to a show in Israel. We've got guns and freedom of speech here. Yeah, I... I, I'm starting to really love Israelis. I get a lot of good love from Israel. Would you do an auction for a one-on-one -on -one interview podcast with one of the Bears? I would do it for free. I want to do uh, Bears Week instead of Shark Week. Could I be Wolf Bear? Keep fighting the good fight. Yes. I think there may be a Wolf Bear. Go to unbearablesfamily.something. Is it .com? But, yeah, welcome, obviously. 
My AR-15 identifies the shotgun. Hilarious. All right, I'm going to play you guys some music. One of the Israeli bears kept me company during my fun times at the airport. She's so cool. Yeah, there's some great Israeli bears. Got to do an Israel trip. Weaponized autism bear. <laughs> On bearablefamily.com, yeah. So what do you guys want to hear before I get out of here? Oh, no way. That's from Stampy Bear. The kids' books are for me and my wife. Thank you. Herman wants to hear Allegro. Okay, here you go, Herman. But this one has an E in it, though. That's why I knew there was a wolf bear, but there's wolf with an E. Wolf bear with an E. There's a wolf bear without an E. What else do you guys want to hear? <clears throat> Listen whenever you play Freebird for Elise as fast as you can. All right. Canadian song. What else you guys want to hear? Candy. Oh, nigga stole my bike fast. There you go. Where's my bike? I could have sworn I, I parked it right out here. Is that my bike? No, oh, no, that's just a horse. That guy's sitting on my bike. I know that's my bike. It has my name written right out. Oh, it's a black guy. I don't want to assume anything. I want to assume that just because he's black, he stole my bike. Maybe that's his bike with my name on it and my rainbow-colored spokes and my and my picture on it. I, I, I put a picture of myself on the handlebars. Should I say something? You know what? He's been through enough. Slavery, Jim Crow, Jerry Curls, the black community. I mean, black lives matter. I shouldn't assume anything. I worked so hard for that bike, and he's, he's smoking crack on my bike. He's waving a gun. That nigger stole my bike!
my cake! Mockery Bear, a bike story. He drank my Sprite. He's drinking Sprite. That's a good one. He's drinking Sprite. Uh, everyone hit like. How great would it be if Jason ran by behind Ellen? Remember when he was doing that in the show? Yeah, yeah, you do. All right, we're, gonna, we're winding down here. Make sure you hit the like button. If you want tickets to my shows, go to hugepianist.com. Uh, yeah, we're working now on editing the special, and it's going to be out in a few weeks. It'll be a quick turnaround, and I'll be selling that on my website as well, hugepianist.com. Thanks to everyone who helped out with that. Uh, Patreon, Patreon.com slash WDTL if you want to hear the last talk I had with my mom. It went really well. She gave a lot of fucking we, – we were just rocking that one. Uh, what else we got? That's about it. Uh, yeah, subscribe on YouTube. Hit that little bell so you get alerted because sometimes my plans change pretty quickly. I got to adapt. Ten chickens, four dogs, one pregnant wife, one toddler. Whole lot of comedy. All right, much love, everybody. Have great days.